This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, on the hotline right now with us, uh, Catherine Ramsland, uh, crime writer, professor of forensic psychology. She's consulted on several shows like CSI and Bones, but the ridiculousness of BTK and Dennis Rader. Well, the, this, the, this true sociopath, the psychopath yeah. of BTK is what's always fascinated us. And, and because he's so close to Kansas City, um, and we have a few minutes, right? Yeah. Okay. So, because I, I want to set this for the audience, you guys listening, like you guys remember BTK, bind, torture, kill, the BTK killer, uh, Dennis Rader. He, he was... Uh, a deacon in his church. I believe he was a scout leader. He was a father. He was a husband. He he worked a job. He he didn't stand out in any way at all. Yeah, really. the overall picture is normal guy by day. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't know that alcoholism or drugs or uh, ever caught like banging whores or or even even getting in any trouble with the law. As far as I as far as I, and she'll be able to correct me. But as far as I know. Anything that separated him, right? Right. You know, normally you find he was a loner. He was a quiet man. You know what I mean? Like those are the the serial because obviously most serial killers don't have friends. Yeah. Don't have a wife. They can't even get to a place of connection for a relationship. And and somehow he had two separate people, right? Yeah. It's it. And by mean, the way, his lady mask. Have you seen the picture? Of I've what? not seen the lady mask. So the 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 story is this: like when he was in between killings, mm-hmm. he would he he would torture women in his killing, but he wanted to be the victim. Then, like, yeah. so he would tie himself to a chair, but he'd put on clothes that didn't he have some clothes that he'd stolen? He had some clothes that he'd stolen or that he just had, and then he'd put on his. Lady. It's, 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 I don't know if it was homemade or what, but it's like the it's bad. Oh. No, that's Texas Chainsaw. That very much that's is. Very much a leather face. Yeah, meets uh, D. Snyder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Twisted Sister, exactly. not, not D in real life. <laughs> like you know, that's... but yeah, it looks like a bunk Chinese Twisted Sister mask. That really is horrible. But yeah. Ka- Catherine has corresponded with him. She's talked with him over a decade now, over ten years. He's serving ten life consecutive life sentences. I mean, he'll never ever get out. Our next guest is an author and professor of forensic psychology and criminal justice who has written 60 books and more than 1,000 articles covering crime, forensic science, and the supernatural, whose long correspondence with Dennis Rader, also known as the BTK Killer, is the subject of the new a and special, BTK, Confessions of a Serial Killer. Please welcome, Dr. Catherine Ramsland. Catherine, hey, thanks a lot for coming back by the show uh, today. 
Well, I'm happy to be here. You are. What an interesting world you live in. What a terrible, terrible world in its own way. But I, I think we're all fascinated by the by the the insanity and the wiring and the just our as humans, normal humans, as normal as anyone is. It, it's hard to wrap your head around the idea of a of a guy like Dennis Rader. Yeah, I guess it's not hard for me since I study these these guys and have done so for almost twenty five years. But yeah, he's he's definitely unusual, and as you mentioned. He seems different from the formulas that we've developed about serial killers. Yeah, because we don't we normally think yeah you know, they're they're screwed up as children. They start acting out on animals, and then they're loners, and and they normally can't have a real a, a sexual relationship with anybody. Uh, and then it turns yeah, into those are, those are actually older ideas from the nineteen eighties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have a we have a lot more serial killers to study now, and they they do have a lot of diversity. Wow, and see that's that's what I think is. I think it's almost it's more comfortable to somehow alienate an entire type of human being because it's way more terrifying I think for the rest of us to think about wow you mean there's no there's no linear you know uh, position on it there's no just oh this guy is what turns into that guy as opposed right. to a Dennis Rader who is a deacon a father a husband a guy in the yeah. workforce he 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 checks every box of normality Right, <laughs> except one. Yeah. So, so tell yeah, me about and, him. And, well, it is, it is more comforting to believe that we can figure them out and spot them, obviously, but that makes it more dangerous for us as well because we become complacent. Sure. So, so, and not that you should suspect everybody who's going to church with you or volunteering for Boy Scouts or something like that. Of course, of course that's absurd. But still... There were some red flags. There weren't there were many, but there were a few. Like when he was an adolescent, he was drawing things on the on the board while other kids went out to play. He was drawing girl traps. Um, that's that's something. He was hanging cats in the barn. Okay. So he, he, animal cruelty was in his background to some extent. Well, and so he uh, he meets a, a lady. They get a uh, uh, they get they have a marriage and they have mm-hmm. a and. and They've, they've got kids. I mean, all of these things. Isn't it rare, though, to see a serial killer with, with a family that lives with him? Um, we have. He's not the only one. There, there are quite a, quite a few, actually, who, and the, and the families had no clue. Nothing. Wow. They just didn't see anything. And, and, and you, I know people don't believe that, but. I believe it. <laughs> these predators are really good at hiding their dark side. Well, because somehow I feel like a, a, a sociopath and a psychopath are two different things, but it's, one's an extreme version of the other. And that's, I know I'm, I'm dumbing it down, but don't you find, or at least I've always seen like reading about it, that these guys feel like they're outsmarting the world, that their people are lesser creatures than them and they can take what they want. And to the point where sociopaths in life sometimes become the heads of corporations because they can be so cutthroat and terrible to other humans with no guilt and no conscience that they can rise up to these positions of actual money and power. But then you have this, the, the psychopath who that's killing is their thing instead of going up the corporate ladder. Yeah. I, I personally don't use the word sociopath because it's actually from 1960s. It's, we don't have any diagnostic instruments for it. So I know that there's a lot of popular stuff out there making distinctions among them, but we have diagnostic instruments for psychopaths, and they're they're really the ones you're talking about who who have no remorse for the kind of, of, of 
people they're manipulating and harming, they're callous, they're into for themselves. And the main part of that is narcissism. That's what gives them that sense of superiority and that they're smarter than everybody else and and they'll get away with things. It's called narcissistic immunity, a sense that they're special, they, they can't be caught, they're, they're just too smart for people. And it's the narcissism, really, that we're worried about. Okay, yeah, but do you, do you understand the comparison I made? I'm sure you do, obviously. Sure, but, but, I but, do. Yeah. but do, you, do you think that there are people lesser, uh, I guess you would say lesser uh, psychopaths, that, that oh, yeah. are able to function in normal life, that, that find themselves sure. being very successful because of their nature? Yes, because they can do things without regard for the consequences to other people. They just don't care, even to, even with their own families. Wow. So back to Dennis Rader. If you just joined the show, uh, Catherine Ramsland, you guys can see her on Confessions of a Serial Killer on A&E, uh, this original documentary. You have been corresponding and talking with him on the phone, and it took a long time for him to decide you were a worthy uh, a recipient of his information, or I don't know if he considers you an adversary, but but he Jake was telling me that he would test you in the beginning, trying to decide if he liked you enough or, or, or somehow respected you enough to even communicate with you. Yeah, because another person had started this with him, and he really liked her, and she wanted to hand it off to me, so he wanted to be sure that I would go along with his ideas, and one of which was he wanted to do the whole thing in codes. In part because he thought of himself as a spy, and in part because he certainly didn't want the guards to know what we were talking about, and also because some of that would kick my letters back to me as, you know, you're not allowed to do this kind of thing. So there were practical reasons as well as his own mental state, how he wanted to do this. So, yeah, he sent me codes in the beginning to test me to see, you know, would I figure them out, would I play the game, of course I will. I'm interested in all of his behavior. It didn't it didn't offend me that he wanted to do that. Uh, I was interested in seeing the kinds of codes he'd develop, how he'd respond to my being able to figure them out. And he also often forgot what some of them meant. So in the end, I made the code that we used. What was his need uh, for, for killing? Was it the total domination of another human being? Was it, uh, would you say it's more, or the terror that he could inflict on them? Well, it's, it's a variety of things. He wanted to be famous, and he had immersed himself in true detective magazine stories about other serial killers, and so that as a road to fame. He wanted to dominate women because he had felt humiliated by the fact that he couldn't approach girls, and, and you know, his mother had shamed him a few times, uh, and also it was sexually compelled. He, it was erotic for him. He had already developed these autoerotic activities of dressing in female clothing, hanging himself, um, doing all kinds of things. So he was transferring that to the victims. So there are a variety of, of things that came into it, the bondage, the dominance, the, the fame, um, and wanting to be one of the elite serial killers. He, he talked to me yesterday about almost being Jack the Ripper. He almost got away with it, and he could have been, like, you know, having that reputation <laughs> Wow, isn't it? it it's what's so disturbing because he had he had a job. He was able to uh, join the Air Force, and uh, he, he rose all the way to staff sergeant. He mm-hmm. uh, he had all of these abilities to to hold on to what we would consider normal without you know completely uh, leaving society. In fact, that was his that was his greatest costume. Right, he knew how to follow the rules. He knew how to how to seem to be an 
an ordinary, law-abiding, God-fearing kind of person, good husband, good father, his, his kids, his son has said, it was like a leave it to Beaver house. His daughter's written a book about how, you know, great of a father he was. So he knew how to, how to do all the acts that were expected of him so that he could keep the big secret and continue to do it. He'd figure out ways to do it. He was a student in criminal justice at the local university. Wow. And he'd say he's at the library studying. And he that was gave him the time to do it. So tell me this. Have you ever approached the subject of, of uh, him being in being a church going guy and a deacon in his church that he yeah. either did he did he completely disbelieve at all, but he knew it was a great cover or did he have to walk this balance that he really does believe in a God? At, at the time, he really believed it. He, t- today, he has a different point of view on that as he's facing aging and potentially dying. He has changed some of it, but he did believe it and he was able to do that to a process he called cubing, that is, many sides of a cube. Um, he, can, he can turn whatever side he needs at a given time. And he really acts out being a church leader. He acts out, you know, being a good employee, being a good father. He acts out being a serial killer. Whatever side is needed in a given circumstance, he can pull it up. And that gets back to that psychopath part where they have a really shallow emotionality and no investment in truth or integrity. All they care about is what they can get for themselves. Sure. So they do what they need to do to do that. And they always feel they're outsmarting everyone, but but in truth, he didn't get great grades in school. Like, would you say right. that he, his IQ is not as, as uh, big or as large as he believes it to be? Or is it that well, big and he simply doesn't utilize it? There's certainly a difference between regular IQ, academic IQ, measurements and and street smarts or what i sure. call the iq criminal sure. iq and and for to to do what he needed to do he developed his criminal iq but yeah he wasn't and even today he's not he's not great with grammar and spelling um his handwriting is very very difficult to read uh, so no he, he wouldn't have have been better than a c student but as a criminal he got away with it for 30 years if he hadn't come back out and start playing his cat and mouse game, he would have gotten away with it. And he killed 10 people from 74 to 91 around Wichita. And these weren't just killings. He didn't need to just kill. He needed to torture them. He needed to make them feel a certain way. He needed to dominate them. And it was not a slow affair. This didn't all happen in, in an instant, and then he ran away. Like, he would hide in their homes and wait for them. Right. Yeah, sometimes for hours. Like, yeah, he, he really wanted a sense of terror, that he wanted to terrorize Wichita. He wanted to terrorize his victims. Um, he wanted that sense of that they belonged to him. That is so, I think that is the thing that really struck me above all that was so terrifying is his need to be feared, his need to dominate, his need to become this lord and master over all other humans in, in that moment. And then the sexual part of it is obviously horrifying as well, but it's... It's just it's it's it is a little different and a little more unusual in its depth and it's and it's and, and it's the way he would do it than other serial killers it feels like. Yeah. Well he used other serial killers as role models. He would read about them and what how did they do it. I mean he wasn't actually that original. He'd look at novels and he'd look at true crime uh and a lot of the things that he was trying out had been done by others. So um that's one of the things that kind of drove him is he wanted to consider himself in 
instead of this group, this elite group of of men who were able to dominate women and kill women, um, and that's that's just how he identified himself. Is that a is that a basic? Uh, like we hear about incels today, the, the involuntary mm-hmm. celibate uh, that gets so right. angry towards women, and you see you, you hear the people talking about them on message boards on the Reddits and the eight chans and four chans. Right. Is, is that the beginning of this kind of a thing? It, it's similar. I mean, I think I think Rader would actually be kind of appalled by some of the things we see with with the incel chatter. Um, but yeah, that's the idea: is that that women have to be put in their place. They they shouldn't be allowed to make men feel uncomfortable. Um, and, and yeah, there's a little bit of that in him, but certainly not to the extreme that you see in some of the incels. Terrifying. It really is. Like I'm a guy. I've traveled this world, and I've you know hanging some rough places, and and I'm certainly not a wilting flower. But there's there's something about guys like that, the incels, the BTKs, and just not so much for myself, but for just humanity. I go, Jesus Christ, man. This. Yeah, but but remember, he worked with a woman on this book. Me, I was the one in in control of the manuscript. And why so why would he be okay that's with kind that? Of an irony. What? Why would he be okay with that? Because he because he saw that I had credentials that he respected and he wanted his story out there. There's that narcissism. Um, I was the one who was there, uh, ready to do it in the way that the victims' families approved. Other people had approached them, and they wanted to do more of a tabloid type of thing. And the and the families didn't want that. When when I approached them, I said I wanted to do something that benefits criminal justice and law enforcement, not just gives him a platform. And they liked that. So he could have worked with a male, but um, no males came forward with that kind of idea. Me, I did. And yeah. so he was willing because his narcissism drove right. him to right. want that story out there. Do you believe, what if he, let's say something happened and he were released tomorrow, same human being, but he was out on the street and you were to walk, you were to be near him. How would he treat you, do you believe? He'd treat me fine. You believe he'd harm you because if he could? He, because he ne- he'd never... The only there was only one person he targeted that he had some acquaintance with, um, and that was his neighbor. But for the most part, he had this rule that he would not target people he knew well, uh, and so I think I'd be fine. Do you believe we that was? A lot, we had a decade of talking, uh, so yeah, I don't think I wouldn't be worried myself. Do you do you think I'd that be was worried about him being out? But I wouldn't be worried for me, right? Do you believe, though, that he wouldn't harm you because he would, it, the connection was too obvious and that might lead the police to him? Yes. Or be, okay, Absolutely. But not because of a friendship or some level of respect or, or, or some feelings? Correct. Yeah, it's, it really is. By the way, Catherine Ramsland, if you're just joining the show, uh, is a forensic psychologist and a crime writer. And the new A&E original documentary called BTK Confessions of a Serial Killer for Den, uh, Dennis Rader in Wichita, not far from here. He got away with this for a long time and then finally got caught in 90, was, uh, when did he finally get caught? 2005? Uh, it was to that, he came out in 2004 to do the cat and mouse game and then he got caught in 2005. And his uh, family, nobody knew, neighbors, nobody suspected, nobody's ever come forward. He was, was he ever even a suspect at any time? No, he was never a suspect. They were never even close to him. 
Um, Nikki, no. Nikki was asking me, did he have a secret man cave like where he would do things like tie himself up uh, or offside, or was it done in his house? Like, how did he hide his clothing and his ropes and his ways to bind himself and masturbate and autoerotic asphyxiate? So he had all these hidey holes, as he calls them. He had fake uh, floors in the closet. He had he had stuff under the house and in the shed and in the treehouse. He had things buried in farmer's fields. He had stuff in his office that was in a locked drawer. So he had hidey holes for the equipment um, that he used. And he did. his wife did encounter him doing autoerotic activities a couple of times. So he'd wait till she was away, or he would take it out to outside under bridges and things. Wow. You, hey, uh, let me ask you this, uh, and it's kind of a, a strange open-ended question, but do you believe that you know enough now? Uh, because obviously we know a lot more about what a serial killer is, and it's not a certain type of one human being who just right. uh, harm an animal, and the, what we've all believed since the 80s. Do you believe now that you could, by the age, a certain age, 10, 12, 15 see a pattern that you go, there's a great potential for a serial killer in this kid? Well, we definitely see those patterns early for a child at risk of becoming an adult psychopath. Absolutely, we see that. And the majority of serial killers are psychopaths. So so we have that uh, helpful. But that, that doesn't necessarily give us a, a leg up on someone potentially becoming a serial killer. Okay. We, we have red flags. Sure. Uh, like child abuse, the, the whole McDonald triad of bedwetting, fire setting, and animal abuse is, has never been documented by research. That's just a, a common formula that people like to repeat, but we don't have research support for it. But the animal cruelty certainly is there. Destructive, persistent fire setting is certainly there because that's about, again, dominating people. Callousness is there, uh, the sense of... of unmotivated lying and unmotivated cruelty and not caring and blaming others. So so some of these things we see in children that we now could do some intervention with to head off somebody who might go along the route to becoming a serial killer. Wow. That's, it's, uh, it really is fascinating. And, and we, and I got one more question. Now I keep adding on. Why do we have such a fascination as people outside of this world? You're, a forensic psychologist and a writer. So I understand you're, you're interested in it, but why is a, a regular people, why are we so fascinated by this? Well, there's, there's a couple of things. True crime is all about mystery and wanting to solve it, wanting to have that sense of resolution, but also we're very fascinated by the mystery of a person who can balance moral polarities inside them, good and evil, be both at once. How is that possible? How can they present this space of, normality, and also be stalking people. He had 10, 10 victims, but he had a list of 55 potential projects, as he called them. He was stalking people, looking in their windows, breaking into homes, stealing the, uh, the underclothing. Um, so I think people are really fascinated by how a person can have this, these contradictions within their personality, because most of us want to present a consistent face and a sense of integrity. But someone like him doesn't have any interest in that. They have no rootedness in their in in being moral people. Do the people that... and, and they even they even can completely dismiss it. He calls himself a good person who did some bad things. Oof. That's, tell me this: the, the people that were on the list, do they were they ever told that they were potential victims? Do they know? As some people were, but not not all of the ones on the list. 
God, I'd want to know. I mean, can you imagine going up to someone and saying, you know, you are a BTK near victim? I, I wouldn't do that to somebody. No, but I wouldn't. Would, if it were you, though, would you want to know? Um, to what end? What purpose would it serve me? I mean, no, I, I, I don't think that. there is a purpose that it serves, but I, I would want to know. Like, I, I think I'd just be, I'd be fascinated by like, wow, I never understood. Well, I, I get, I get a lot of emails from people thinking that they were on the list and they want to know, they want me to validate that. I just got three this morning from, no from kidding. people who were sure they encountered him and, you know, they weren't, they weren't correct because their descriptions just didn't match at all the way he behaved and who he was, what he looked like. So, But for some reason, that's interesting to me. Why do people want to think they were victimized by him, and why do they want to be attached to this? Um, we have the same thing. There's a whole book about people who claim to have been vic- near victims of Ted Bundy, and, yeah. the, and their stories are impossible. It's it's the cult of personality, isn't it? It's, it's, it is. It, it's... Uh... Oh, I could do this all day. I really could, Catherine. <laughs> uh, 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 listen, I, I thank you for being a part of this, and I hope everybody checks this out, BTK, Confessions of a Serial Killer, and, of course, the book that you wrote with uh, with BTK. And uh, I, I, I want to read that book. <laughs> Great. I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, man. It's um, This is really a fascinating friendship I'd like and, to make. And I should point out that the, the, the majority of the proceeds from the book go to the victim's families. Good to know. I don't know what Jake is. Jake, are you telling me something? Um, I'm sorry. Because what was the name of the book? Because I'm, I'm looking at all my information. It's here. called Confession of a Serial Killer. So the documentary is, is the same name. Book. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure, uh, Catherine. And, and listen, I'm going to have Jake hold on to your number if you if you will. And uh, whenever sure. stuff comes up about serial killers, or hopefully not a lot in this life, but when they do, I'd love to have you come back on because I think you have such a great uh, way to explain it to people that is really right. fantastically. Uh, understandable and and, and, and correct. So I, I appreciate you stopping by today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, too. All right, stay right there. Hold on a second. Guys. Again, if you guys want to know, it's, it's uh, Confessions of a Serial Killer. It's on A&E and the book as well. And her name is uh, Ramsland, R-A-M-S-L-A-N-D. Uh, did you have any more questions? Honestly, I didn't want to throw her because if I'm a voice that comes out of nowhere, uh, if I were on the list, I'd want to know because I would feel I'm nice to all the wrong people. If I didn't have my guard up to pick up on something right. like him, but I don't think I would want to know for that. But that's the thing. I don't believe you had. To, I don't think he had to feel slighted to put you on the list. You were just. I could have just walked down the street. One that's day. right. And and that's the thing. It's like, you what just, did I do wrong? What should I not do again? Is the only reason in the back question, of my mind. But I don't. I don't think. I don't feel like that's something they did wrong. I think a lot of these people wrong place, wrong time. Well, they couldn't have done anything wrong because he didn't know them. That. You know. Where is that? So. Well, maybe I'm looking at it wrong, but I would want to know on the off chance he gets out, am I still on the list? <laughs> that, that hit me too. I'm like, <laughs> so, yeah. the maybe ones that got away, I need to know, am I still getting away? Yeah. God forbid there's a, a let out. Yeah, yeah, if I hear him get out, I'm like, yeah, maybe I need to look over my shoulder a little bit. I'm not even sure. I think I just want to know because I'd want to know. Like, wonder what I would have done. Like, now, what could, I you, do could you? Have, but here's the thing, though. By the way, he was undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... You could say what you want, and I'd handle this. But the truth of the matter is, nobody walks into a situation suspecting something. Nobody uh, walking walks... into your house, right? <laughs> uh, and then, and and because he would wait till they went to sleep, he'd be in their home. They would walk around their house. He would. They would go to sleep, and then he would get them. Mm-hmm. He got. I, I bet he probably got off as much with that portion of it as the pouncing, without, without a doubt. 
Uh, oh, this guy. Like Joe, did you did you grow up in Wichita? You grew up friends with the Raider family? No, did not grow up in Wichita. I grew up in Northeast Kansas, and I was friends with um, his wife's sister's family. And so, in the early '80s, we grew up, and he would come down and, and meet us, and we would go to K State football games and tailgate. There'd be 15, 20 of us from from the small town we were in, and then they would come up because they were friends of the family, and it was just bizarre. Uh, we were in the Boy Scouts. You know, uh, my, my buddy's cousins, which were his kids, were in the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. And what really got me was in 2005, my mom called and broke the news and said, you know, so-and-so, can you believe, you know, what, what's going on? Because the family had no idea. But what kind of got me after I started investigating all this was he killed two kids. And so it wasn't all women. Um, although it might have been sexually motivated, a lot of it freaking me out was like I was seven, eight, nine years old hanging out in that house. So whether or not I doubt, like she said, because we knew them. Yeah, no, because he killed a nine-year-old and an eleven-year-old. Uh, because he killed he, that little girl. Yeah, he well he had, uh, that, he had the parents. It was Joseph and Julia Otero. Otero. Right. And they could, yeah. The the reading about what he did to that little girl, it it really that what really. Killing people's bad, but that really pissed me off when I read it. And so I sure. kind of, you know, everybody was else was suffocated, and she was hung. It was, it was <laughs> a terrible. Yeah, I, I was, I was reading through it, and, and I was in, you know, I was, it was becoming an intoxicating story to me because I was close to the family, and you know, when I would read something, I'd take a different feeling on it because you know, sure. I, I was related to them. But when I read that, I'm like, you know, that that really pisses me off, you know. Yeah. But yeah. beyond beyond that. It's just bizarre. Like, my mom would say, I wonder if he ever looked at me. Or I would say, damn, that one time we went fishing out to State Lake, blah, 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 blah. I wonder if, was he there the whole time? Did he take, you know, just weird stuff you hear about that he did. Was he planning that? Um, I heard you guys talk about how he picked his victims. I think, and I don't know because I'm not, I didn't write a book for 10 years, but I think he flipped a switch. And I read that he would go out hunting. So I doubt he was just at the grocery store picking up food and saw some lady. I think he would be sitting at home and say, hey, everybody's gone. I'm going out hunting for two or three hours. He would flip that switch. Yeah, I think you're out. probably right. He'd, he'd find that victim. I doubt if he saw you when you were out with your family, he probably honed in on you and all that stuff. But you got to remember, too, the guy got a job working for ADT. Yeah. How bad does that freak you out? How many houses did he set ADT up down in Wichita? You know, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I forgot about How that. He worked a good long yeah. while. Yeah, ADT, well, the, the security and, and, agency. Yeah. Right, and you got to tell me that he didn't get that job for us purposely, not a specific reason, right? But what a back pocket! No, he know? definitely like specifically somebody, got that. Like if somebody was, yeah, exactly. I look at every job he had as a potential new pool to choose from. Sure. No, no, he, yeah. he was, was that bizarre. kind of a psychopath. Yeah. All right, listen. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was bizarre. So, I mean, the only reason I talked to you, you brought this up about five years ago, Johnny, and I called in. And I remember. At the time, I didn't, I didn't want to talk about it because uh, my buddy's mom was still alive, which was uh, Dennis's, Dennis's wife's sister, and it, it, really, it really messed that family up. Of course. She's since passed, um, so I feel a little bit more comfortable, less kind of douchey saying it but no it, of course you would because you didn't want to hurt him but it is interesting and i mean listen i mean you think about it being his daughter you think about being his wife and, and not knowing and and think of that 
you know, uh, guaranteed, she's like, I saw that autoerotic asphyxiation. I saw this behavior, that behavior, right. which in, in no terms gives you, hey, this is a serial killer who does this. But the right. guilt that you're going to carry, you're going to feel like right. I should have said something. If I had done something, if I had told somebody, had if I had investigated right. it. And the truth is not that's not real. That's not the, you, that's yeah. not a guilt you should feel. This is really strange, and I know this is bizarre for me to even say, and I'm not saying it to, like, brag, but that dude tied one of my fishing lures onto my fishing pole with some knot. Is that the same knot he used to tie up women? It's like that type of crap I sit and think. I mean, it's bizarre for me to say such a thing. No, but no, like, I think those are legitimate. You By have way, a different you, you, you still have that lure tied on? You still have that lure tied on? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> It's 1987. I'm just saying, I probably have my BTK lure put away in the box. But he has a different yeah, perspective. Yeah, yeah, you have a different perspective. No, and, 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 and then the other thing, too, is, you know, from he, what he killed in 86 and then again in 91, I think that between that time, he was just too busy with those kids. We were all the same age. We were seven, eight years old. We were eight, between eight and 12. That's, that's a busy time. He just didn't you know, have the energy to go up. kill. Like, no, well, as crazy as that sounds, six. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got you got uh, you got basketball practice and this that, and it's just constant. I know how it is. I've got two kids. I can't be going out killing anytime soon. You know? <laughs> That's but no, it's it, it's it's weird. We laugh about it because I, you, know, you have I, to. I, I've thought about it some nights, and it's freaked me out. I've thought about it other nights, and I just want to keep reading and watching. And I, you know, I want to read that lady's book. I wouldn't mind talking to her. I'm sure we we you know, know some of the same stories and some of the same people. Uh, Jake, do we have an email? You know what? Uh, I'm going to put you on with Jake. He's got an email for you. You no can re- that for you to reach out to her. And, and I appreciate yeah, no you, problem. Joe. Right, stay right there. Hold on. Yep. Hey, give him an email so she can reach. He can reach out to her and say, "Look, I knew this, this. I think she'd probably be super interested in in corresponding with him. Maybe he can get some answers for himself." Uh, isn't that weird? The, yeah. the, the crazy fascination with everything. Well, because it's just it's the rabbit hole of to know more information. It's. Yeah. It's not like you're trying to be sick about being obsessed with something like this, but the more you know, because you do think they walk among us. That's right. That's right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.